0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Andy Cosgrove, the Chief Strategy Officer at PCDI, a provider of eDiscovery software and services. Hi, Andy, how are you?
1: I'm very well. Thanks for having me on.
0: I'm looking forward to our conversation. So tell us about your background and your new role at TCDI.
1: New role as of the first of the year. And it's my first foray into the service provider space, and I'm really enjoying it. I had spent previously about 14 years as outside counsel, really focused on e-discovery, information governance with a few different large firms, And then the past eight years, I've been in-house building out e-discovery and information governance programs at General Motors in Detroit, and most recently, Jewel Labs out in San Francisco. So quite a change for me to come into the service provider world, but I'm really enjoying it. And I've worked with TCDI going back a couple decades on behalf of a number of mutual clients. So it's been an easy fit.
0: Over the course of your career, how have you seen this evolution of e-discovery from outside council to in-house counsel now with a provider evolve?
1: There's been a lot of evolution. Each organization has goes through its own evolution. You see some that were very independent and have become, over time due to staffing and other reasons, become very more dependent on outsiders others for a long time kind of struggled to figure out the cost control piece of it until they really staffed internally with the right resources to help them lead much of the day-to-day all in all at least what i see and have seen across a number of organizations is just an increase in the sophistication of each of the parties in having more years of experience more track record in solving problems and probably, most strikingly, an easier time communicating with each other. There are fewer barriers in terms of background and being able to get to the point. And I think that's really through growth in all three.
0: How does the approach to innovation differ between legal teams and corporations, law firms, and legal tech service providers?
1: Everyone's trying to innovate. It's such a buzzword, but it's also, it's about survival. It's about how, from the corporate perspective, how do we do more with less or even do less with less, but make sure we're doing it right. From the law firm perspective, there's a lot of pressures on firms to maintain those billing rates, to maintain those high value proposition to their clients. And the demand is you've got to come up with something new. You've got to come up with an approach that really differentiates law firm services from other services in the marketplace. And from the service provider standpoint, it's about following the clients down their paths and making sure that the right sets of services are there, the right sets of resources are there to be as creative as the client wants to be to solve the problem. The interesting piece is just how they go about Doing that innovation. What's necessary on the corporate perspective often is still a lot of committees, a lot of voices, a lot of stakeholders in trying to understand is this innovation something that's going to deliver on its promise, on its investment, both kind of that actuarial nature of innovation, but also the risk management of innovation. And on the law firm side, and I think on the provider side, it's a little easier to move fast especially if you see an opportunity to solve a client's problem with something new. It makes for interesting conversations. Maybe more than ever, the opportunity for bringing innovation into the relationship may be originating from a corporate client. They may be originating from the outside firm, or they may be originating from the service provider. And it really depends on the relationship and the circumstance as to kind of
0: who's bringing that innovation to the table and then who needs to buy in. From your in-house experience, how do legal teams typically distinguish between technology and services in an increasingly crowded market?
1: The decision points probably haven't changed too much over the years, but it comes down to trust. It comes down to value and maybe above all else, it comes down to the people involved, the relationships. Because The technologies change, the technologies evolve, but those partnerships where there's such a back-end relationship of trust, of understanding, we're not going to push something new on you that you don't want, or vice versa, we're going to bring new ideas to you because we know you're open to them. And we know you're always interested in trying something new if it'll help solve the problem. I think those pieces are what continues to establish those relationships where that tech and that innovation has such a human foundation to it and such a good feedback loops where people can be honest about whether they're happy with what they're getting, whether it's really meeting their needs, or whether making a few changes can
0: solve all the difference. How have you seen corporate legal departments managing the complexity of data-driven legal risks?
1: The biggest thing I've seen, especially in recent years, is just how collaborative the conversations are within corporate legal departments and within their related key constituents, within compliance departments that sometimes sit a little adjacent to legal departments, and who legal can bring to the table. The number of organizations that now have really sophisticated legal professionals not just that understand litigation technology, but that understand the technology behind privacy issues, behind cybersecurity issues, and other related data-driven risk, I think is allowing for much more sophisticated conversations about how that risk can be mitigated and how that risk fits into other corporate risk evaluations. And it's those pieces also combined with increasingly sophisticated corporate IT departments in knowing how to talk to legal about data. And I think those changes have helped a number of organizations move much faster on their risk assessments and also understand when they're willing to take on a bit of risk um, in order to keep moving some
0: forward. What mistakes are organizations making that they should avoid in these areas?
1: everyone still is learning from their mistakes. One of the most common is feeling the pressure to move before you have the right people in place to actually deliver on what the goal is. And that's easier said than done. And I think especially for organizations that are in the midst of or on the back end of substantial workforce cuts, I think it's harder and harder for them to repeat kind of the way in which they assess risk and assess decisions even a couple years ago. Some of them don't have the same expertise in-house that they used to, they don't have the same personnel, and they're just not going to be able to move quite as fast on dealing with that risk opportunity and deciding what's best for the organization.
0: So then what are some best practices there in terms of navigating this unique climate?
1: It still is going to come down to a lot of triage. But, you know, most of the corporate legal role is about triage. It's about making do with what you got. And it's about making sure you don't go down too many of those rabbit holes too far for the little things and really hold back those resources, both internal resources, bandwidth, and the ability to call on help from IT, from security, from compliance, for those things that really matter those things that are critical to business decisions, critical to market opportunities, critical to legal events, and holding that back for when you need it. And then when you need it, being really efficient about moving through, getting the best expert advice within organizations and where necessary, reaching outside the org. I think that's what's really changed, especially in those organizations that are feeling pressure on budget.
0: How do you see e-discovery changing and adapting in 2023.
1: E-discovery continues to do it the same. You continue to have a lot of litigants out there with a lot of cases. And there's always fun data points to talk about. But at the end of the day, the evolution is still about how do you block and tackle? How do you make sure that you're executing repeatable processes? And where are you being smart in spending resources in understanding what's new? and in leveraging those tools and technologies in smart ways, but in ways that you understand and in ways where you can tell the story. And I think the evolution continues to be those cycles of innovation and new tool development, new process development, and then just an understanding for an organization of how they get comfortable in that world, how they enable their outside attorneys to go out and handle their cases and make representations that are consistent with where they stand. And that's an evolution, but it's something where the new AI tools are really cool and really fun. Figuring out how they get incorporated into practice and actually deliver results that someone can explain, that takes time. And so I think that will continue to color where e-discovery goes but the story is really about where the conversation is happening and how those collaborations are happening between providers and firms and in-house to really set the stage for success.
0: This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Andy Cosgrove, the Chief Strategy Officer at PCDI, a provider of eDiscovery software and services. Andy, thanks so very much and wishing you the very best of luck in this role.
1: Thanks a lot for having me on and have a great weekend.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.